0: Welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is
1: by Paul Abel. Jesus said,
0: I am the way, the truth and the life. Very often we focus on the life or the truth and we forget that first he said, the way. I am the way to live. You see, all of God's word is describing the way we are to live, to live in the fullness of what God has. Because that is how we are made. We're not twisting God's arm to make him do something. It's like a car. You can shout at the car, but if you never put any fuel in it, it's not going anywhere. You could get really angry with the car and kick it furiously, saying it's failing in its contract because it's seized up, because you never bothered putting oil in it won't work it's not that the car is under law and that you're under grace you've got to run a car you've got to run a car in a way a car needs to be run if you never oil the chain on your bike it will eventually gunk up and break we need oil in bikes, in cars and as people because it's the Holy Spirit and God gave us the way to understand how that oil can be applied. People say, I don't experience God. But they don't refuel with oil. They don't. You can't just say, my car should have oil in it. I paid good money for that car. Why has it not got any oil in it? It had oil in it when I first got it. It should still have oil in it. The enemy stolen my oil. No, he hasn't. Actually, in this particular case, you've just not put any oil in. And it is the same with all these things of God. Jesus gives us the way, the way to live, the way to do things. He showed us that the way with the world is to sit down next to them by the world. The most unacceptable woman, he sits next to her. To the worst sinner about to be stoned and judged, he stands next to her and says, Who have you those of you without sin cast the first stone he shows us the way and as he shows us the way with people he shows us the way with him that's why we're doing these words from the Old Testament because God was showing his people the way in Greek hallelujah now you can take a seat for a second or two we've got a couple of things we're going to do you guys, please stay there. I know we're not following what we said we were going to do, but that is the way when you're just following the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What we have here today is a church full of people who are saying, I am not giving up on my God. Amen. Amen. It's a church full of people that have seen the promised land but they don't want to wander for 40 years in the desert. So they agree with the guys that spied it out. Their names were Moses and Caleb. And Moses and Caleb came back from that promised land, this is in the Old Testament, saying, this is awesome what God has given us. Look at what these grapes we brought back. Look at the produce of this land. Oh, and by the way, there's a load of enemies. And the people missed all the fruit and they said, we can't do that. Look at the giants that are there. And Caleb and Joshua said, Of course we can take the promised land. God has given it to us. The enemy will be defeated. And they said, No, it's too difficult. And because they wouldn't trust God, God kindly looked after them for 40 years in a desert. He renewed their shoes, He gave them a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. But boy, was it boring just desert every day and tents and desert and manor and desert and manor and tents you couldn't even go buy new clothes you couldn't even buy new shoes because they were being renewed you were stuck with the same pair of shoes for 40 years you know you couldn't change you couldn't have orange ones you couldn't have red ones it was just the ones that you had at the beginning that's it but this is a group of people This is a community that's saying, no, we're going to have all those promises. For too long, we've let the enemy overrule us. We get embarrassed or we're fearful or we become judgmental or we say, I don't do things that way. When the question should be, what is God's way? What is Jesus's way? Our praise this morning is not 21st century praise. It's old Jewish praise. We're just using instruments of our day. And because humans get afraid of exuberance, very often when the Bible is translated, all those words are just translated praise. And they are rich with meaning. One of my favourite Rina verses is, The Lord rejoices over you with singing. I know that's not, it's, that's the Lord rejoicing over us. And the word rinar there is translated singing. I don't know about you, but when rinar means dancing, twirling, shouting for joy, and that shrill noise you may have heard when you've been out in uh, more Middle Eastern cultures, maybe. God's doing that over me. Why would I do something less if I'm going to praise Him? How can I let God? Outpraise me out sing over me he's so excited about me that he's dancing and twirling and happy and then I would be yeah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus there's a place for quiet before God there's a place for stillness before God but we do need to put the oil in the vehicle we can't complain really if things aren't working if we aren't putting the oil in if we aren't doing the very way that Jesus showed us We've been praying a lot, haven't we? We've really seen that in areas like salvation, health and finance, that the enemy has stolen from us. In fact, you could sum up all those three with one word, sozo, the Greek word for salvation actually encompasses encompasses all of them. And the Lord has been teaching us, particularly since Days of Favor, which is a week of prayer and fasting we have in September, that we need to get back to be in a people of prayer and not giving up because we don't see an answer or worse blaming God because the only reason for things not happening is usually us but we, instead of getting guilty and feeling bad about that the Lord is saying it's fine just learn from me I am the way let me show you how to see this health and this healing and so we've We know that we cannot let go of these things. And I wanted to give you a little bit of an update. Claire Daniels sent me an email this morning. Four minutes past eight, it came. Which was a finance update from the finance prayer team. And I thought, yeah, I should... And it's long. I mean, it it is really long. It's a real Claire. (laughs) No, it is, because... She just can't stop being prophetic and teaching the word. So you don't just get an update, she's off. But I love that because I read it and then I get encouraged. So I thought I needed to share some of these things because we have seen so many victories this year. At in, in the beginning of January, it's like, how on earth are we going to still be open by the end of January? And yet it's gone on. We've paid salaries. Amazing gifts have come in. Regular giving has gone up but we have not completely routed the enemy and I think that's important because it's the same for health and it's the same for salvation. I don't know how long we'll be in this position of feeling like we're routing the enemy. Maybe forever, because we're not letting him back. There are various things in the family right now. There'll be people in financial need, people with health needs, people whose families need to be saved and we're thinking, I'm just not having this anymore. We're having victories and victories and victories and victories. And children, I know you're in here as well and you're thinking, when are we getting released? You're in here because I want you to hear this. Because this is the church. It's not the adults and the children. This is the church. This is Joshua standing on God's promises saying, I'm not allowing stuff that's from the enemy in my family. Get out. He might be nine years old. But he's a man of God, because he's full of the Spirit. So here's some highlights. Uh, Situation update. Yeah, it's got bolt headers and everything. Well, I've got to just give you some highlights, so I'll be here forever. It says this, we currently have 4,500 in the bank, but the building's insurance is for 3,900, which we have to pay after banking next week (laughs) oh well that's good the money's there we'll have 600 left (laughs) Um, and she's saying in the natural that means we're now once paying that it means we we would go into March shorter but we're not accepting that we've been really blessed by three grants from North Yorkshire County Council Uh, there were a thousand pounds each Alex applied for one for Friday Club uh, Gemma applied for one for Little Builders and Kay and Dan applied, I think was it? Applied for one for Youth Angels and they got a thousand for each of those. That will come in, but of course that, need, that will go to those things. And um, to be honest, it's mostly cherry on the cake stuff because that's what they were going for. And I told them to. Um, we, you, I don't know if you knew but we were putting in another bid with the police and crime commissioner I've been in endless meetings it feels like with the police and the local council over funding our projects like Community Angels Street Angels and Safe Haven and uh, they still want more meetings <laughs> yay but they still want more meetings yes they're not giving up on us yet Ruben <laughs> <laughs> so they're funding is for another four months uh, a real top-rate funding bless them it's about 18,000 for four months which sounds a lot but it's over a lot of things so this is what I mean we're seeing victories but most of those all that money I've described to you which if you think about it is 21,000 pounds that we've prayed in that wasn't coming in uh, it's all going to specific things so we still have to run a church So I just want to share with you a couple of scriptures they use very quickly because as we give today, I want you to be able to give with faith. I mean, we give to God and God multiplies that into the works and things that happen in his name. So we will give to God very soon. But uh, Roy had a word back in January that uh, Claire's highlighting here about a great financial flood coming in. Yes! And he was talking of, you know, where Ezekiel saw the small cloud in the sky. Some of you will know that story. If you don't, he just sees a small cloud and he knows that that's the promise of rain which will flood the land and break the drought. So that's one of the promises we're thanking God for. These things, like the 21,000, are clouds in the sky. But we aim to break the drought where everything is growing and flourishing. That's God's plan. Um in, in this passage, Isaiah asks a rhetorical question of the enemy, "Who have you mocked? Well, he's mocking God? That's a dangerous thing for him to do. The answer is God being exalted or praised over everything? Over the finances, over health, over salvation. It's time to see families and the extended people in our community saved. We're not accepting anything less. We've had enough of the enemy stopping people coming into the kingdom. by whispering stuff from television and media. It's over. We're taking ground. And I know you lot, when I say we, we mean we. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. uh, It was an interesting thing that she wrote here. A king would issue a decree, but it would take a while to be communicated to the people. It was for time to travel. So even though it was decreed and active, people couldn't take hold of it until the messenger arrived with the decree. We have been waiting for provision that has already been decreed by the king of kings. We are the watchmen on the walls looking to see it coming. We see it coming over the horizon, taking hold of that provision now. All right, watchman. Hallelujah. I'll leave leave the rest. There's so much more. She very wisely puts at the end, even though this is the finance prayer team, we need to be aware that finances aren't the only battle. And as we are protecting that wall, so there are other walls to protect. We can't let go of any of these things. It would be very easy. Believe me, it would be very easy for me to... Let finances drop for a while, because you know how difficult I find it personally to stand up and mention finances, finances, it seems like I've been doing it all the time recently. I, I personally don't like doing that. It's embarrassing, but it's right. That's, that's my problem, not your problem. And I've just been overcoming it and doing it anyway. So it would have been easy just to drop that and focus on one of my great loves, which is seeing people saved and seeing people healed because that sounds much more like the work of Christ but it's all the work of Christ so she finishes with well two things she finishes with we're praying that everyone is positioned where they should be in order for every gate to be protected finances, health, salvation, relationships etc when the city is well well protected people feel safe to come in and live there This is a safe place. We are so blessed. Those meetings I referred to, secular meetings with police, council and others, time and time again, this summit building will be referred to as a safe place. It's just known as that. That's grace. But we want to keep that gate firmly closed to the enemy. And because it's a spiritual gate, completely open to those that need to come in. Now to him, this is the last part, who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. Don't know how good your imagination is, but God's better. Measurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen? I tell you, this church is different today than it was last week. A flat breakthrough, break out of God last week. Incredible. We had another one, Thursday nights. I mean, Thursday nights recently have just been another plane of existence. Hallelujah. We ended up praying just for Brian and Shona for about 45 minutes. And you think, oh, that doesn't sound very interesting. But, oh, it was so powerful. These two, drunk in the spirit staggering they were hardly able to walk prophetic words coming upon them God affirming that they are in the right place at the right time God brought them here as leaders for such a time of this reminding us on Thursday that we are to honor them uh, uh, give them double honor as leaders it was so powerful hallelujah this is talk about God breaking out and this is just the beginning Hallelujah. I have never read an email before and then half the congregation stand to their feet and start praising God. Something is happening. (laughs) Hallelujah. That is right. You are correct. Thank you, Jesus. Right. One of the exciting things happening this morning is that we're also gonna be commissioning a new group of angels. I don't mean heavenly ones. Um, Well, they are heavenly, I'm sure. But I mean the street, the community, and the youth. So we're going to be doing that uh, very, very very, very soon, rather. Um, But before we do that, we will take some time to give to God. Hallelujah. So let's stand, shall we, for a minute. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we come before you today. To give to you our tithes and our offerings, just that you would multiply them, that you would sow them into the work of the kingdom, Father God. That as we give faithfully, as we give in obedience to you, you would multiply that faith, that, 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 that financial provision within our whole community hallelujah! An abundance that great flood that Roy saw hallelujah that great flood of the plain that roy saw hallelujah thank you father thank you jesus hallelujah as people are settling adrian's got part of his story to tell you
1: last week we heard two testimonies inspiring and encouraging opposite in some spec in some ranges. A prayer that's answered immediately and prayer that isn't answered immediately. Now there are situations in our lives where we see prayer answered in other people but we don't in ours. But God's got it. We know that God's got it because it's about encouraging the body and that's what testimonies are. But I don't know why some prayers are seemingly answered quickly and the same prayers by the same people aren't answered quickly. But I do know God's got it. Now last year, Pastor Jonathan said to us that it's about keeping our testimonies up to date. So here's a bit of a synopsis about Denise and me in our current testimony. Family has always been very important to us. That was an ethos that I inherited from my parents who loved me. And I'm grateful to God for that. They welcomed Denise into our family with open arms. I have an elder brother and a sister-in-law who couldn't have children. There were circumstances in dens and my life that for seven years we couldn't have children. My parents were married 33 years before they saw their grandchild. My father was 71 at the time. Our daughter and son-in-law brought their wedding forward so that my dad at 91 could see his first grandchild marry. Two months later he died, but he saw his grandchild married. Now I don't know why prayers are answered, but for 10 years Sarah and Brian have been praying for a child. A few years ago they were looking at IVF. Other people have been in this situation, within this body, within this town that I know and they have children, and they have grandchildren. And I've been really joyful to see people here become grandparents and to see people here become, chi- become parents. But I've also been sad inwardly at the same time because prayers that we have said have not been answered. We are encouraged to keep praying until Karen Wheaton at faith camp last year said, pray until, and that was an inspiring message to this church. And we are doing that over a whole range of issues. Sarah and Brian looked at IVF, but before they could start, Sarah was diagnosed with Graves disease. It's a disease that attacks the autoimmune system, mainly the thyroid and eyes. No medication ever stabilized her. We were praying. She wasn't healed we were praying she wasn't healed she had her thyroid out no medication since then in two and a half years has stabilized her condition her eyesight is still not good we were praying over many issues other people have prayed and they got answered straight we were praying we weren't the Israelites prayed for 400 years and God heard their cry in Egypt pray until Sue and Paul Manwaring came last year and they said that God had led them to pray for childless couples. So they called anyone out. Sarah and Brian weren't here. Denise and I stood in the gap for them. And we prayed. Pastor Jonathan came back up again for deeper. And he and Helena said, It's important to keep praying, to pray until, and it's important for one person more and another person more and collectively, individually, and as a body to continue to pray for things. Because one person's prayer and one additional prayer can tip the balance and make the difference. That's what he said. We keep praying over things. This year Sarah was due to have an operation on her eyes that was needed. Last year before any of those conferences, before any of those messages, I felt God telling me on a Sunday morning to get out of my chair and to come forward and give prophecies that he had said over my life. I have learned in my life that it's best to listen to God and then do what he says. I still don't always do it straight away but it's important to do what he says. I stood out here and I said three prophecies that God had said. One, we were going to become grandparents. And Kate Close, whooped in delight, thinking that I'd said we were becoming grandparents. The second prophecy, and bearing in mind what Pastor Paul doesn't know what I'm talking about really today, he doesn't know the content of this. And he was talking about bringing your family back and about healing as well. The second prophecy that I was told to say was that our children Sarah, Douglas and our son-in-law would all be healed of their illnesses. The third prophecy was that my brother and my sister-in-law would come back to faith. And we decreed that and we've prayed for that as a body and individually today. And that wasn't on Pastor Paul's note sheet. Well today Sarah was due to have this operation on her eyes in the first quarter this year. But it's had to be cancelled because last Thursday she had a 12-week scan. And we are expecting our first grandchild in September. I don't know why prayers are answered straightway. I don't know why prayers aren't always answered in our lifetimes. But I know... That we have a God who stands by us. Who loves us. And as a body we are supposed to encourage one another with our testimonies. And this is a church family. And we were called to help pastor this family. And we had a realization last year. That this family is as important as our own. Pray until... For healing, for salvation. I don't know why prayers aren't always answered. But I know prayers are listened to. And I know the strength of family. To so church. Pray. And pray until.
0: Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We thank God that you won't just be here to say about that amazing miracle which was just making me cry there on the front row because we're so happy because we know what a miracle it is. But we stand with them because we want all those miracles. They'll be up here saying Sarah no longer has Graves' disease. They don't know what happened. It's all gone. Her eyesight is fully restored because we're not accepting anything else. All the health issues in the family. Gone! Amen? Amen. So praise God. So thank you. You you can sit down. This is just uh, would you like another story? No? Okay. Okay, let's have Ron, you've got a story. Ron and Deborah.
2: Praise God. We are in victory. Well a couple of weeks ago uh, Deborah and I decided we were going to uh, do a right to buy in our house and when you do a right to buy, you get a discount for how many years you've been renting the property. Now my gorgeous wife there Deborah has been renting along with herself for 30 years which is quite a discount on our property that we've decided now to buy. So we uh, filled the forms in and 30 years. Then we got a message back from Yorkshire Coast Dome saying, now nah, we can only find 26, or 24 even, sorry, 24, with six years of being robbed. So we went into the Yorkshire Coast Dome, there's no records. The to says, go to the council, go there and have a look there. Went to the council. Now, nah, now, nah, it's all archived, it's all gone. But we prayed we're not having that. We're not having no six years stolen from us. We're just not having it. So Deborah went back in again to Yorkshire Coast homes. Says we're not having this. Those six more years. And the lady in there says, okay, I'll go look in the archives, but there's loads of archives. There's over 20,000 records in there more. And I was sat with a good friend and I received a phone call that afternoon. And uh, the lady gone into the, these archives, opened the door and got in. Many, many books, many, many archives. So she opened a drawer, one of the drawers. One of the books, many records in it, went like that with the book. The first record she went to, the first one she went to, was the six years that we were missing. We have now reclaimed that 30 years and we had that discount. First be to God. First be to God. Praise
0: God There's going to be a lot more stories like that yes. A healing A finance one yes. yeah. I'm waiting for One of the ones I'm really excited for all the salvation ones yes. Wow, they're, they're like there Because we're not accepting anything else anymore Are we? Yeah. Situations that look impossible Are going to be changed where you thought you would be stuck in a place in a way of living it's going to break and change a long term illness that you thought was almost part of you you're going to live free from it and this is going to be such a place of health sure we will face some battles because that is the enemy but we're not giving up Those demonic forces are defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, you guys have been brilliant. I'd better let you sit down, hadn't I? Thank you. (laughs) I kept them up there because, well, I thought the music was good, but also I haven't a clue how God is doing this today. So (laughs) every week I've been like, what's next, God? What's next, God? Every week... This year has been a prophetic message from January when we had uh, Nigel and Dan and uh, who else spoke? It's gone out of my head then. David Thomas, yeah. Um, From their their beginning uh, talks, which were right into the life of the church, and really shouldn't every message be from God and prophetic anyway, but they were particularly anointed. Uh, And then I sort of started on a message that uh, it's not uncommon for this to happen to me, that I think is a one-off. And five weeks later, I'm still speaking on it. And it's because it's a word from God in season for us now. But, you know, this is one of the most exciting words I think we've ever had. Because what I really see is people really taking it on board. You know, you're really, you're really living this. And, and learning and saying, right, I want the next bit, I want the next bit, I want the next bit. This church is more hungry for God's word than I've ever known it. There is a, a stronger faith in this church than I have ever known we're going to see greater victories than we have ever seen because of
1: that
0: I haven't got to stand up here and say come on church we need there's no need you're coming on (coughs) you're there of course we're going to grow forward in God because that's always the case we're always on a journey the stories you just heard from Adrian and, and, and Ron they're stories of their journey there's lots of stories out there Always tell me your stories so that we can share more on Sundays. People, we need to hear the stories. God's done this in my life. It might be that you only want to say two sentences. That's okay. But let's hear some more stories. I don't supernaturally, well, sometimes I do, but I don't supernaturally discern them. Come tell them. You know, it's good to hear the victories. So, we've been through the stories of David, haven't we? That story, the very first one, we told of Baal Perazim, God breaking out, they called the valley, because they'd seen this amazing victory over the enemy. David had inquired of God. Boy, has that been so important, that bit. David inquired of the Lord. Everything we're doing, I'm inquiring of the Lord. I think it's why he won't let me plan plan services properly. He won't tell me who's preaching the following week. It's like, just keep asking, Paul. You've got to live what you're preaching. It's not that God can't give you outlines for years ahead, but sometimes he just says, each step, oh good, there's a bridge. <laughs> and it's still continuing, this is good. Ah! No, no, that bit won't happen. <laughs> so this, this, this story, is the, the teaching that's come has emerged from those verses. I didn't know we were going to talk, talk about praise at the beginning of this year at all. But David inquired of the Lord and the enemy is defeated and they call it God broke out or God is breaking out. Baal perazim. And that is so important because that's what's happening amongst us right now. That's why there's this roar. That's why you can read an email and people stand up and start praising God. Amen. It's why Adrian can share his news and everybody doesn't just go, oh, that's nice. They're excited because we're in it together you know and people are in tears that I wasn't the only one you know and we men we need to be proud in the right way that we can cry because we're not of a generation that says oh you can never cry it's wrong to I'm not talking about being soppy if that's still allowed to be said and wet and wimpy but we are men of passion and compassion we're not afraid to show what we feel We need to show what we feel. Us older ones in the room, it's been more difficult because that wasn't what we were taught when we were boys. We were smacked until we stopped crying. (laughs) It's true. The teacher hit you and then said, if you cry, I'll hit you again. That was my schooling. Usually with a metal ruler on your fingers. So you learn to hold that kind of thing in. Any kind of pain, can't show the pain, wouldn't be manly. No, it's demonic. Alright, let's be people who know how to, uh, let's be emotionally intelligent. Amen, amen. It doesn't. I'm not talking about people who just go, ah, ah, it's so difficult. Okay, that's not emotionally intelligent. Emotional intelligence means I know what I'm thinking, I know what I'm feeling, and I'm going to put whatever I need to put into practice to enable me to go through this right now. But you don't pretend it's not there. You know, we don't want any of that stupid stuff where Christians with depression are scared to tell anybody they're feeling depressed because they feel like it's a lack of faith. What well, absolute tosh and rubbish. You know, if, if Kate Close hops in here with a broken leg, we don't say walk normally, you person with no faith. <laughs> Get that cast off right now. You know, no, she could be healed like that right now. But we do the same thing... But what we do when someone is uh, suffering from fear and anxiety, we say, don't, stop messing around, just get over it. Their leg's broken, mentally speaking. And there sometimes are bang, and we're going to see a lot of them.
2: We're going to see a lot of them.
0: We're going to see depressions, anxieties and fears just bang, gone. There's too much gets stolen through that. People don't do things that God has got for them because they're scared of something. I hate fear and anxiety with a passion because it's such a thief. I, I experience it in my own life sometimes. You know, you, you, all of us get fears and anxieties, even the most confident looking can have times when you don't do something even though you kinda of want to because you're scared. That's normal. But we're living for super normal. Yes. <clears throat> but we haven't got to pretend that we're not afraid if we try and pretend we're not afraid how will we get the courage to overcome if we if we try and pretend that we believe when we're just full of doubt how will we ever get the faith to overcome we've got to be honest not honest in the sense of you know well I've got to be honest with you it's an awful day and just moaning and complaining all the time. No, that's not honest. That's just giving glory to the enemy. But there are times to share, I had an awful day. But you don't go on and on and on and speaking it over yourself. You acknowledge it. Spend some time with a friend maybe. Spend some time in prayer, seeking God. Whatever you need to do to know that I'm going to overcome it. But you don't say, oh, it's not there. That's right. Uh, then there was another battle and you think Paul, you've said this every week it's because God's teaching us he wants this to be revelation for us revelation is when truth is so alive in our minds that we live it without even thinking about it so the enemy comes again and David inquires of the Lord again and they get a different tactic they wait for the wind in the trees We, we were using that scripture on a on a Thursday night, the wind in the trees, waiting. And uh, we were, God had said to us, you're going to have loud times of prayer, and then there will be silence, absolute silence. Nobody is to speak. And you will wait, and one of you will hear the wind in the trees, and they are the one to call out the charge on whatever you were praying for at that moment. Sighting night. Uh, Brian here very clearly heard the wind in the Leafs. He thought it was me blowing down the microphone and I was on my face. And then some others. Teresa, she led another charge. She's not the most loud of people, are you Teresa? But she stood up and did it. She wasn't loud at that moment, but one day she's going to be so loud, we'll be just saying, you can calm down now dear. (laughs) All patronizing and terrible, right? (laughs) And Julie Cook was the other one, another uh, another wonderful member of the community who's not renowned for being loud, but she led the charge. He led the first one, and he was so loud I nearly jumped out my skin. (laughs) (laughs) I could have been on my face before God and on my feet in one swift move. (laughs) Then David, perhaps he gets overconfident. There's a word for us. Don't get overconfident in your ability. I mean, Baal Perizim is God breaks out, but it was the people that fought. That's another very significant thing for us in this time. The people fought, the people see victory, and they call it God broke out. You see, it's not just God just doing something amazing and everything happening. It's his people responding to him. Whether that's worship, prayer, service, love, hospitality, all the things of God... The people break out, God breaks out. The third one that occurs in that short passage in in 2 Samuel, the third incident that comes on on, on after that, is they're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant was everything that was God. It was about bringing the presence of God back into the center of God's people, rather than where it was. But instead of inquiring of the Lord... Instead of reading the scrolls that he would have had access to, David meets with his generals and comes up with a good plan. It's not that you can't come up with good plans. But when we meet as the generals, or as a house church, or as a friend, the plan we want to hear together is God's. We're not really interested in people's opinions. We're interested in what God is saying to us. Sometimes people make this mistake with Bible study. They think Bible study is an opportunity to share all our opinions. When you do Bible study, you want God's opinion of His Word. That's what you're trying to discern together. Not, oh, this is an opportunity for me to talk about my favourite matter. I can wedge it in here somehow. All right, and get these people all educated in my way of thinking. No, throw that away. When you study the Word, it's about, well, what is God saying to us? What what is God saying? Not what I think something that I've got because I lived in uh, this place at one time and this woman did this, which proves that this is correct. Let's look at the word. Well, I'm not sure I feel the word's correct. Well, take authority over your feelings then. Because the God's word is correct. It's the way, the truth, and the life. Because that's Jesus, is the word. I think obviously it all went disastrously wrong because they copied all the good plans of people around them. And it's so easy to look at all the good plans of people around us. We've got some wise people in the world. Doctors, nurses, psychologists, police officers, council workers, people who've done lengthy degrees. They're not stupid. They are wise. But it is a wisdom that comes from the world. We can cooperate in that wisdom. But sometimes God will just say, my ways are so far above that. They make your ways look foolish. He's not saying they are foolish. He's saying compared to my wisdom, they're foolish. God's not calling people fools. Except when they persist in their own way and won't turn to him. He just say that's foolish. Um, so, somebody dies because they don't do it the way they said they, they do it in a really good way they, didn't they? they put the ark on, a, on a, a fantastic cart like all the nations around them did with their gods it would keep it safe it was better than carrying it like they're supposed to you carry something people trip don't they so they put it on this cart but it didn't work out like David expected they didn't even get the presence of God into the center of God's people it ends up in someone's house so many Christians, they want to carry God's presence in their own way. Well, my way, my way to carry God's presence, and is to kneel before God, and be in silence. Well, that's good. That's called Borak. That's the Hebrew word is Borak, to kneel and be before God. But it's not the only thing God's given you, and sometimes it's not what God is telling you to do. We can't sit in a chair and think we will receive everything that God wants for us at that time if God is saying, yes, you can have everything here. Here's how to take hold of it. If um, I steal your little Miss Sunshine thing for a minute. okay? this This is Joanne's. Joanne is really, really thirsty. Okay? You're in this drama. Stop writing.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joanne is really, really thirsty. So she's saying, can I have some water? And I say, yeah, sure you can. Come and get it. And Joanne says, I'm really, really thirsty. Can I have some water? So I say, yeah, it's here. You can, you can take it from me. So Joanne says, I'm really, really thirsty, Lord. Please give me the water. And the Lord says, yeah, it's here. Just come and take it from me. And Joanne sits there and says, I'm really, really thirsty, Lord. Why are you not listening to me? Why don't you answer any of my prayers? And the Lord says, it's here, Joanne, but you need to take it. And Joanne says, I'm going to ring Pastor Paul and tell him God doesn't answer prayer. (laughs) Not that you'd ever do that. Can we see? That's how we get with God. There'll be another situation where uh, Jesus, no, Joanne, they're very similar. (laughs) Where Joanne says, God, I'm so thirsty, can I have a drink? And the Lord does say, yeah, here you go. And she holds it. She says, Lord, I'm really, really, don't you dare. (laughs) And she says to the Lord, I'm really, really thirsty. (laughs) And the Lord says, yeah, take a a sip, it's yours. And she says, I'm really, really thirsty, Lord. And the Lord says, Joanne, you need to drink from me. And Joanne says, oh, this is the water that I can drink. I have the water that God provided for me to drink. I do not need to be thirsty. I have the water that God has given me. And the Lord said, just drink it, Joanne. (laughs) Stop all that praying, will you, and just drink it? And that's, you can drink it now, because you're probably really thirsty by that. (laughs) It's so much like that. That's why God is teaching us to praise him in these different ways. And you see, for some, it's harder than others, because it's breaking out of cultures and ways that you have been told to do things. Like my upbringing in school, whack with a ruler, if you cry, you'll get another whack. So you start to hold things in and not share them. And it puts you in bondage. And so there's lots of bondages and strongholds that get put onto us by our upbringing, our culture, rather than what the Bible says is our culture. This is why Jesus said, I am freedom. Because he's setting us free from culture which has restricted us. Well, so far, it's now 25-2, and I still haven't actually said anything new. Well, I have, but you know, I've preached previous words, and that's why God showed us the Hebrew words, because these Hebrew words, often translated just praise, particularly in the King James version, have got so much rich meaning in the Hebrew.
2: Amen, amen.
0: And we've been finding that out, and you could hear the freedom in this place. And we went from that to looking at that Jesus. Therefore, what does He say over us? What's What can we have as a cart, or what can we have in terms of carrying the presents? And one of the keys has been in Hebrews 10, where we're told that Jesus died for us, one sacrifice to make us holy. And we ask the question, do I believe I'm holy? Do I feel I'm holy? What difference does it make if I'm holy? The difference in knowing that you are holy, which means set apart for God, okay you're special you're like the special things that were in the tabernacle they were holy because they were set apart for God's service and you are set apart for God's service so you are made holy because that is to make you utterly and completely acceptable to God you are made for him as a Christian the place that you are most made for is the most holy place that's right you see, the Jewish people were so scared of the holy place that when the high priest went in on his special time to be there before the ark, they would make sure they were quick because people were afraid they would die in God's presence. And yet we can walk in any time. It is such an amazing privilege to be alive this side of the cross. We really must honor those who've gone before us and those of the old covenant that held that for us. Um, So, that's where those words are. Those words are the words we use in the most holy place. And we talked about how God has made us holy, so that we will be holy. So this week, we've got no time left to look at what I was going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) We will spend a very short time, and I do actually mean it for once. I was going to ask you questions and everything, but let's just see this Hebrews 10.19 therefore brothers and sisters we have confidence to enter the most holy place this is so important in this time this when Denise was praying over here if she knows she's in the most holy place she knows she's got authority and power over anything the enemy tries to do That's why it's so important to know it. And having confidence just means I accept what God says about me. We know all the things we've done wrong. We know why all the reasons we should be disqualified from being in God's presence. But God says, in Jesus I've dealt with all that. So confidence says, okay, I'll agree with God. Pride says, I'll disagree with God and think I'm too dirty or too sinful to be with God. Pride says, what I've done, who I am, is bigger than Jesus. So I can't possibly go to Jesus. And God says, it's here. Come and get it. It's here. Come and take hold of everything that I have for you. Oh God, I can't even talk to you. I'm so sinful. I'm so bad. I've dealt with that, my child. I've dealt with that. You can come. It's here ready for you I'm such a sinner I could never go before God my son I'm here come just like we were doing there (coughs) beg your pardon confidence can be easily mistaken for arrogance and you could see someone who's confident in that they're holy and they can pray to God well, you could see somebody that is arrogant and sometimes people see a person who is confident before God and think they're arrogant what's the difference because it's important arrogance when someone is arrogant rather than confident they consider themselves superior so an arrogant person will think they deserve to be before God or at least they deserve it more than those other people you know I'm not much of a sinner really never done much wrong probably fiddled me taxis telling a couple of lies you know nothing much really so I'm, I'm going before God I'm certainly better than those guys or it can be even extreme well I've never murdered anybody I've never committed adultery so I'm coming before God that would be arrogance arrogance in Christians is repulsive to God because we're supposed to be the opposite where well, we consider others better than ourselves So, with confidence, we come before God. It's a confidence that knows that God will accept us. Because it's not about what we've done, but about what Jesus has done. It's a wonderful reassurance. We have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us, through the curtain that is his body. and living way. We're following the way. That's why, historically speaking, there was no such thing as Christianity. In the very early days of the followers of Jesus, it was usually referred to as the way. The way of following God. The way of following Jesus, because Jesus is the way. We need to focus a little bit on the fact that he is the way. We're very good at remembering he is the truth. We're very good, usually, at remembering he is the life. But he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we follow in his way, we will experience his life and live in the truth. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. I'm nearly there. What I'm leaving you with this morning is I hope a confidence that the rest of this week, and obviously beyond, and every meeting we ever have together, you will know right, I can go and meet with God right now. There's that expectation every time we gather, particularly Sundays, but every time, I will meet with God. We will meet with God because it is a community thing. Um, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Sincere means you believe God so you can draw close. With the full assurance that faith brings, what's that? The faith that says I'm holy, so I can go to God. So you're assured that he's not going to kick you out. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. So the stuff we have done wrong, we get it dealt with. And having our bodies washed with pure water. Same thing. Verse 23, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, because he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider... And we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you do see the day approaching. Maybe we'll come back to this another time. This is Hebrews verse 19, uh, chapter 10, verse 19 to 23, if you want to look it up. I think, just to finish, I will put the questions up that I was going to do for you. When you are together, those are really good questions to have a talk about. House church? Great time. Cuff of coffee with a friend? Great time to ask these questions. I deliberately use that picture because the summit's right in the center of it. How do you hold on to hope? Because that's what that scripture just said. Hold on to the hope. How? Great thing to talk about. Again, not opinions. How does God say you do that? And then, how do you spur one another on? Because it says, spur one another on. That's our ministry on a Sunday for every single one of us. We spur one another on. Amen. Suzanne is here today. To spur others on. So it's a ministry. It's all of our ministry. How is meeting together... Because then it talks about, let us not give up meeting together in this context. How is meeting together related to hope of meeting with God? You see, we're not looking at opinions. We're looking, well, what is, why has is God put them together there in his word? What, why is it important? And finally, why is meeting together... Emphasized here. In my, in my notes on this passage, my own, own notes in the online Bible thing, I noticed, I don't know when I wrote it, it would have been years and years ago, and it said, why is it always wrong to take a break from meeting at church? I thought, well, that was very blunt, Paul. Why is it always wrong to take a break from meeting together? Well the simple answer is because the word says don't. There are times you're on holiday or you're seeing family or you're ill that you can't get here but it should never be, oh I need a bit of a break. Hallelujah. It's nice to be at the fairground. (laughs) (laughs) Scarborough Fair. Hallelujah. Anyway, have a look at those questions. Have an absolutely fabulous week. Thank you for listening. God bless you.
2: Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For
1: more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.